It's issue number 13 of the Infinite Backlog, a chronological tour of the best and most noteworthy Marvel comics. I'm the untamed Andy, and with me are my co-hosts, Sepulchral Shane. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Of the graveyard. And Brubdingnagy and Rory. Uh, hello. I've decided to start stealing adjectives from the issues we read. <laughs> Oh and my goodness. Those were my favorites. Sepulchral, sepulchral. I'm not really exactly sure. I know you're supposed to. Who, who fucking. That's a horrible word. It shouldn't be. Uh, but no, today, today we are reading. We have read and, and are about to talk to for you. Talk about for you issues about the Hulk, Silver <laughs> Surfer, and Captain Marvel. And they're going to take us from March through September of 1968. And. Uh, <laughs> my co-hosts are with me while I <laughs> fruitlessly searched for fun facts about this time frame. <laughs> so here we go. Uh, during this time, uh, 2001, A Space Odyssey premieres in theaters. Intel, the company, is founded. <laughs> and this one's for Shane. Hair opens on Broadway. Oh, man. No, I hate hair. You, you don't like Galt McDermott's <laughs> personal uh, masterpiece? God. It's one of the... <laughs> listen, it's like it defines a whole generation of musicals, and it's just so gross. Yeah, it's a bad generation. <laughs> is it? Is it... Does it have anything to do with Hairspray, or are they just two? No. Two, okay. Yeah, two they're famous totally... musicals with just different with similar names. Okay. Right. Oh, you mean Hairspray the musical? Oh, I right. was like, well, I guess there's it has to do with Hairspray because it's about <laughs> hair, Rory. Oh shit! No, no. Uh, they're they're hippies. totally separate. Yeah. Yeah, mm. hair hair. You know, if you're if you're not familiar with it, is a very bad musical uh, about you know the summer of love and that sort of thing. You know, hippie culture. And then uh, Hairspray is a sort of modern musical set in the time frame that uh, has some problems with it. <laughs> I don't know anything uh, about either we'll of them. We'll just say. Yeah. Hairspray is great. It's got some great music, but it's sort of written from a white person's blind spot about black people. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. fun. I've probably seen uh, less than 10 musicals. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. And probably and probably at least one or two because I was in them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Because you're a good friend. Um, hey, what are how are y'all doing? It's a it's a comic book podcast, but I want to find out about the people in it. You know what I mean? That's like, how right. This is the it? this is the part where, this is the part of the podcast where we get intimate <laughs> with the reader and just let it. We can let everybody know what's going on with our lives. Can we call them readers? Because we call our our episodes issues. That's true. Yeah, our listeners are readers. Yeah, they're reading stuff turning with into their a ears. They're reading, stuff, they're reading stuff with their ear holes. <laughs> instead of dear instead of dear readers it's ear readers <gasps> stop that's brilliant <laughs> welcome <laughs> ear readers <laughs> oh i hate that i hate that a lot what? uh yeah i had actually i i don't know i had a really really fun time this week uh there's something nice about getting 
largely new new blood in with like totally mm-hmm. new artists and writers and characters uh, than we've been following lately. And so I don't know how much of it is attributable to that and that feeling of like, ah, oh, fresh stuff. But like, yeah, I had a really good time. What do you, what's your what's your read on this, everybody? I've got I, I, some don't, takes. I don't know. Are you actually going to let us answer this time? Or are you going to ask the question <laughs> and answer yourself again? I wanted to give my own answer. And then there somebody... you are. I, I threw it over to you. Oh, throw it to Rory. I feel like I <laughs> I feel like I've got a can of honey roasted peanuts right now because somebody's just been honey roasted. <laughs> Cut that out. <laughs> oh God. Can we talk to the editor? Can we talk to the editor and get that cut out, please? Uh, uh hello, it's me, the editor. What I say goes. <laughs> Oh yeah, no. I've got I've got opinions about the things you read. Uh, some good, some bad. Some. Uh... Well, then what's what's your what's your like inner heart? What's your like soul just dragging you towards <laughs> wanting to talk about? You know, like where are you? What do you want to start with, Rory? Oh. What's your Sagittarius pointing towards on its zenith, Rory? <laughs> oh gosh, this guy, this guy won't stop talking about zeniths and which Sagittarius they're from, and which Mercury's in retrograde. I tell you what, there was more than one Mercury. Yeah, yeah, there's well, the dark Mercury. <laughs> it seems to always yeah. be in retrograde, so you fucking tell me, Shane. Uh. <laughs> it can't always be in retrograde. No, really, what should we talk about first? Um, I think we should probably talk about Silver Surfer first. Okay, I'm down with that. Oh, oh, okay, all right. Yeah, so we start... Uh, we start a journey that we have to sort of keep in touch with ourselves about whether or not we want to continue along this road. But we are planning on reading a fair amount of this Silver Surfer uh, quarterly book, which is a longer form story, uh, which is kind of fun. It's not like terribly long. There's still two features in this like 50 some page book. But it's uh, I would say it's at least like a, a comic and a half's worth of story just on Silver Surfer. Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. There's the the in the last Maybe not even ten pages. I did. I forgot to count them. Was a little watcher vignette. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is kind of cool. What was it called the the wonder of the watcher? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it kind of gives a little perspective on why they uh you know watch and don't touch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> why they can't touch. Ooh. Same. But just basically just kind of prime directive stuff. They you know yeah they helped out primitive species and it, it sort of snowballed out of control very quickly. Which I, I can vibe with. Yeah. And honestly, that Watcher story was drawn by uh, Gene Colan. And I thought the art in it was really, really good. And I, I think liked we, it. Oh. I think Gene Colan is my favorite artist right now of this era. Because he's also uh, he's, he's also drawing Captain Marvel. He draws some of Captain Marvel. Yeah. Some, yeah, some, some of, of those it. issues. It is so ridiculously apparent when he is the artist. Oh, in, yeah. Instead of someone else. <laughs> holy shit like it's dynamic and it's gorgeous and the forms are like beautiful yeah really smart there's really smart paneling and i always i always harp on visual literacy like it's the only thing i can say about art which is not an an extreme exaggeration i don't have a deep well to pull from but like it's really clear especially in the 60s era when somebody is like kind of figured out how to be of you know, to tell a visual story and who's yeah. just drawing drawing nine pictures. Yeah, and who's just drawing <laughs> some dudes on a page. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 
Yeah, there was uh, I don't I don't even remember what it was that prompted me to like really write like three sentences about Gene Cole and all of a sudden in my notes, I was just like, I have to just gush. But it was I think it was just a like an image of a soldier or something like he's looking over his shoulder and sa- and yelling something out loud, like because the watcher is I don't know, like oh maybe it wasn't the soldier. Maybe it was the doctor. There's a the, there's a doctor at the beginning of this watcher sequence. And it just something about the way that this person was drawn felt like it could have been a early 90s or late 80s art. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was, yeah, it was ahead suddenly like so much more realized and and like interesting to look at. Yes. The like the viewpoints, the perspective, the mm-hmm. like even the even the inking is more dynamic. Like you have these really hard blacks that just solidify all of the forms of everything on the page. You guys, it's so good. It's, it's really it's like great. a million years ahead of every other artist we've seen so far. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and there's another artist I'll talk about this week, um, but but not yet. But that's when we get to the uh, the Hulk issues that I'm really interested in. But um, yeah, the the Silver Surfer one I thought was really cool story wise. It's kind of more of the same of what we've gotten so far with Silver Surfer, which was a little bit of a letdown for his first like like long. Let's it's a longer than normal issue. There was a lot of room to flex, and we kind of got the same pensive Silver Surfer flies around tableaus for most of it. <laughs> <laughs> that we've sort of <laughs> been true. seeing. Um, but it held my attention. And if, if it continues mm-hmm. to grow, I, I will I will be interested in it. If it's if it's kind of more just uh, him flying around and uh, I guess sort of pondering the meaning of humanity, then I might I might <laughs> sort of bore of it. Yeah, I guess what I was really vibing with. So we get his like origin story from the planet Zen La here and. It's a little it's drawn a little broadly, I guess, but I thought it was interesting the way that like in this in this whole issue with the Watcher and the Silver Surfer, we got kind of two pictures of what like the end game of a civilization looks like. And in Silver Surfer, they've advanced so much that they've just fulfilled all their needs and they don't have to do anything and all their knowledge just sort of gets beamed into them instead of taught and they just sort of don't have to they don't have to work for anything and as a result they've stopped yearning for things. And, you know, for, for whatever reason, our guy Norrin Rad is like the only man on this entire planet who still wants to, like, do stuff and has motivation. But, like, we get the opposite in the Watcher issue, which I thought, I thought was cool, where the Watchers are like, we've done everything. We want to, like, keep doing stuff, but there's, let's become beings of pure energy and keep fucking doing stuff. Like, <laughs> everything's perfect. Let's spread it and help everybody. And then they both sort of realize that, like, both of those angles are fucked. Especially in in the context of the Silver Surfer one, where like this sort of lazy society gets, well, the Galactus shows up and they literally fall over themselves, not knowing what the hell to do. So I, I thought I thought it was an interesting, at least an interesting picture of a of a you know an alien society. Yeah. And uh, what was something something he says at some point, like when Galactus arrives, uh, there's like this dramatic close up on Norrin Rad, who's the Silver Surfer. I, I don't know if I said that. That's his real name. Where he, he says, perhaps the taste of danger is what we need to make us the men our forefathers were. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> I, yeah, there's there's kind of like a, an interesting, like, is this a good, you know, is this a good attitude? Like, do you really need danger to turn yourself into a, a, a productive member of society? Or like, you know, like, I, I, I don't know. And like, he kind of pays for it in a way where he like, but he, he but at the same time, he saves his whole planet. Like he goes out and makes this sort of Faustian deal with with Galactus and like gives up his whole life uh, and gets to be an adventurer. But then he's like also super lonely and is losing track of what makes him him. And 
I don't know that it does a great job of exploring those actual questions the way I'm posing them, but it made me think about them. Silver Surfer is a character who I, I guess we're, we're we're dealing with large scale morality in, in all of these, um, not only mm-hmm. with these 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 societies, but then Galactus and Silver Surfer are making these sort of like large, complicated decisions about um, you know what is right or wrong when it comes to eating a whole planet. <laughs> it plays well. Yeah. I mean, cause Galactus eats planets and yeah. Norn rat is like, well, all right, then, you know, I'm going to search for food that, you know, d- isn't full of like light. Cause, cause Galactus has an interesting line where he's like, you know, it is not, it's not my desire to, to destroy civilizations, but at the same time, you know, these a bitch got to eat. Bitch gotta eat, and and their their <laughs> ant. It's like I don't know. It's a weird line where he's like, you know, would you step over an anthill? Well, he doesn't. He doesn't even say that. He's he's like, <clears throat> he tells him that if if he had to step on an anthill to save himself, that he wouldn't even hesitate because they're ants. Right, 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 right. Yeah. But then he's all. But then he also kind of is reasonable. He's like, but if I don't have to, if you're willing to look, or, you know, chart a path for me to not step on anthills, like I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. I just don't have time to do that work because I'm so hungry all the time. <laughs> I'm so hungry. It's so weird that he can't just like take an extra few minutes to make sure there's no people on a planet before he eats it. But I guess he doesn't care. And he as doesn't long really as somebody care. Who's, like who does care? Yeah. Yeah. He's like, fine. If you care so much, just like tell me where to go. As long as I eat, I don't care. <laughs> so. Yeah, I don't know. I'm 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 interested to see where it goes, where this title goes now that it's sort of gotten his uh, his origin story out of the way, and we'll presumably be back on Earth uh, and him wandering the planet doing Earth things, or he'll so, get back to flying the flying the skies. Go ahead, Shane. Oh well, I so that I I kind of look at it like this: like Galactus is kind of Meryl Streep, right? <laughs> and yeah, okay. The, the, the double, silver, double, the silver surfer. Prada. The Silver Surfer is the Anne Hathaway, and we're in, we're in the Devil Wears Prada. That's what's happening. <laughs> I love that Rory yeah. was so immediately on the, your page with Devil Wears Prada. I had no idea where you were going. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, that we only we only got one issue of that. Um, maybe it makes sense to talk about Hulk next because we did two issues of that. So sure. This is sort of his uh, his spin out into his own title for a second time. Because if you recall, we uh, ages back, we read the first issue of The Incredible Hulk when they were like, yeah, he should have his own comic. And then it didn't do so hot. And so they mm-hmm. put him in Tales to Astonish for a while as like a sub feature. Uh, they brought him back out. And for whatever reason, he's inheriting the numbering. They just made him green. Yeah, they made him green. Yeah. <laughs> and he's he's strangely inherited the numbering from Tales to Astonish. So Tales to Astonish 101 and then Hulk 102. So if you look at issues of just the Incredible Hulk, it's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, or something. One oh two, one oh three, and it kind of gives you the the idea that maybe he's had more issues under his belt than he really has, because he's only been around for just as long as everybody else. He doesn't have like a hundred and two issues. So I don't know. I've this is maybe the beginning of of Marvel's completely arcane understanding and and decisions based on numbers. It's ah. so bizarre. Actually, Shane, I really want you to talk to me about the art in this one. We were I, I we briefly texted about this, but this is this Asgard, this Hulk and Asgard situation is got has got a really interesting art. And I I looked it up, and it is uh it's it's a woman. I did not know that they had female artists at Marvel at this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, her name's Marie Severin, and uh, it's so different than everything else we're reading. 
well, hang on. Do you, let talk about your talk about your viewpoint first because you you initiated that conversation. Okay. So my my uh, my sort of brief thoughts on it would just be that like everything feels so much more dramatic in this issue. Like the the poses. I mean, obviously Loki lends himself to that, uh, but like the poses are crazy. The like the it, there's like some extreme color backgrounds that like. Uh, I, I don't know. It feels very melodramatic. It feels super colorful. Like there's so many blonde people and like rainbow backgrounds and crazy mm-hmm. shit. And like, I, I don't know. There's there was some sort of angle that maybe reminded me of Prince Valiant, like an old newspaper comic situation, too. I There's something really interesting throughout the entire issue with the the eyes of everyone in it. Hmm. The way the artist handles like the eyes of the characters and like they're actually looking where they need to be looking and on some of the close-ups they're very detailed, but the, a lot of it is mm-hmm. incredibly dramatic and colorful, but it's also very soft. Hmm. There there's kind of like a a smooth a, again, a smooth feel yeah, to yeah, yeah. what we normal what we normally see for Asgard because it feels like the last time we read Thor everything was like angular, right? Everything mm-hmm. was um like pointy like pointy boys and they all had like <laughs> angular jaws and whatever. But then we see all of these people in this one, like Fandral and um God, that other guy. I can't even think. Oh, uh, oh Volstag Hogan. Yeah, 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 yeah. And all these all these the guys are like three. They're <laughs> they're so smooth. And they're like their lines are are very, very smooth. There's no hard edges at all. Yeah, period a period of peace has has rounded these hard boys out. <laughs> I I mean, I I'm glad you guys enjoyed the art. I found that these these Asgard issues were kind of stinkers. Um oh, yeah. Narratively yeah, they're, they're not wonderful. They're not wonderful and I and I'm already I'm such a hard target to I mean, I think all of us, but uh perhaps not every reader um is hard to please when it comes to Asgard stuff like the the dialogue is so verb it's not even verbose it's long-winded and and, and like then the grammar yeah. is all like that fake shakespearean you <laughs> if to put that much to put that much text on the page and to not pay it off is just unjustifiable um <laughs> damn God. um because and character motivations are Cardboard cutouts. Nobody, none, no character in Asgard is interesting, save a little bit of Odin. But he's still kind of Odin. Still acts. I don't, you know, like a Stanley kind of authority figure. He's like, well, I would, I've got two problems, and I could only solve one. Like, it's not drama. (laughs) (laughs) I would argue that that Volstag is a lot of fun. Volstag is fun. He's the he's the ch- he's the one who punches with his stomach, right? Yeah, he's the cowardly round one. Yes, uh, who I really like. the The Warriors Three are a, are a fun little trio. Um, yeah. At one point, when they've after they fought Hulk, Volstag d- has like he's like been t- like I feel like he's crushed down into the ground and he's like cr- climbing back up and he's <laughs> clearly lost. But he says like, "Restrain me, hold me back. I have no wish to destroy yon stranger with but a single blow." <laughs> Yeah, he's funny. And, I don't know. I, I, I kind of I got a lot of a lot of enjoyment out of his out of his blustering. We need to talk about Oldar. Like we we cannot move away from Hulk without talking about Oldar. Okay, it, it, it this old cloaked lady figure who comes out of the nothingness, right, and yeah. becomes becomes young in the next panel, but 
for the first time ever, something magical happened that they didn't explain to it. So I was like, why is this person young? What's happening? <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was like literally confused. But then she starts talking and she's rhyming. And I was like yeah. giggling. I was like <laughs> laughing to myself yesterday. I think it's one of the first times that a comic has made me like actually laugh out loud while I was reading it, where I was like, ah, ah, ah. like I was yeah, because she's the oracle. So I guess, of course, she has to speak in rhyming couplets oh, or whatever they were. And they're bad. They're bad. Like the, the, <laughs> like the syllables don't match. And it's just like, nothing it's nothing <laughs> actually what what was kind of annoying to me about this so this is in hulk 102 uh which actually i think i, I put my foot in my mouth here the, the first one was written by stan this one's written by a new art a new writer uh gary friedrich which is nice to see new writers in i'll just say that stan lee's name is still yeah. billed first he's like i'm the editor and i guess also <laughs> gary and marie made this comic <laughs> the the old art shit uh, she is uh, just an, an easy way for them to retell Hulk's origin story in this new <laughs> rebrand. <laughs> there like, was solo thing in this week. I mean, it's, 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 I would say probably not a fair cross section of, of everything that's happening in Marvel during this year or this, you know, however many weeks, months it's, it's we're, we're cross sectioning, mm-hmm. but there was so much rehashing origin stories this week. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And Captain yeah, Marvel did I, it multiple I, times in the same like yeah. in the first five issues. And it's and like I, yeah, I think that's that's just sort of this like knee-jerk feeling that when they have when they spin someone out into their own title and it's an issue one, they're like, we have to make sure that if someone's going, oh, issue one, and they pick it up, that they're not completely lost. And I guess like they just don't trust that you can just sort of accept Hulk as a thing or accept that Captain Marvel's just a dude and you'll figure it out as you go. Like no, they they really need to, to hammer and it home. It, and it's it's funny, you know. Marvel has gone through through, uh, I guess, periods of uh, feast and famine. So it, we're in a period of feast. So part of me says, well, it worked out for them. But the truth is, there's been multiple times in the past where, uh, you know, Marvel was not seen as a obvious business model to to uh, to uh, follow in their footsteps. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, so I don't know. The, their their lack of trust in the viewer or reader uh, is something that I've always complained about, as much as I have about many other things that just won't let you know the world be what it is. Yeah, but it you know it's found solid ground now. So who am I to who am I to judge? It, it paid <laughs> off. And then they they hit us with that to be hulking you at the end. <laughs> uh, I. Like, I am not good at puns or jokes, but I was so mad. But you would have gone back to the drawing board at Hulk in you. I, I would. I absolutely would because Hulk in you is way dirtier than something else continued. I, I agree completely. They should have said if they were going to stick to this pun and not iterate it, they should have said Hulk continued. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Hulk yep. in you is, is like, like I'd, I'd like to so be the odd. Hulk in you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and also the tenued, I think, has better continuity when Hulk Inude is so obviously nothing. Hulk Tenued <laughs> makes sense. It's not good, but it's better. No, yeah. it's not. I'm not saying that the joke is funny. I'm saying you would understand what I meant. In a random <laughs> sentence. A joke. <laughs> in a random <laughs> sentence. <Same>. If I, <laughs> Hulk Inude is nothing. If, you didn't, if it wasn't the final panel of a comic, you wouldn't understand it. I yep. know. <laughs> Oh, fuck me, man. 
Uh, <laughs> hey, let's uh, let's chat about Captain Marvel. We did we did five issues of Captain Marvel Marvel's solo thing. Yes, Marvel. I guess this this carries on immediately from where we left last time in Marvel Superheroes 15 or whatever it was, uh, because we're like mid century fight at the beginning, which is which is cool. I kind of thought we were skipping some because of the, the time jump, but I guess they just sort of held on to that story plot for a few months and then jumped in. So, yeah, what do you <laughs> what do you guys think so far now that we get a little more time with them? Uh, for me, I didn't love the pages we read, but I am intrigued with Captain. So Captain Marvel uh, or Marvel is this character who's basically uh, a soldier with a um, he's got a higher up with dubious motives, and he's not even mm-hmm. sure if he if how much he he aligns with the sort of like the Cree uh, initiatives at, at all. Like I, I enjoy this sort of, he he's this Byronic character who, uh, and I think we've, we've kind of, we've seen a lot of, of Byronism this week. Mm. Well, Hulk's not really a tragic figure yet, but silver surfer certainly is. Yes. Silver surfer can stand on a Vista with the best of them. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Marvel is a soldier uh, who is not getting morally righteous orders from up above and i think in this period of time that's very interesting it super is i hadn't even really connected those two things in my head like until you just said that right now uh i i love that he's uh i I think i think the coolest thing about marvell and these five issues is that in it, you, your, your sort of expectation would be that he like immediately in a, in a silver surfer sort of way. He sort of falls sort of in love and with the earth. Yeah, exactly. Like silver surfer meets, you know, Alicia and is like, oh my God, beauty. And then is like, yeah, all team earth. Cool, 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 cool. Love you earth. Uh, five issues later, if seven, if you count those first two that we read from the other title, uh, he still is not fully sold on protecting earth like in the in the in issue five isn't it with uh with namor but it's also it's also from a a position of like still being a soldier and knowing Mm -hmm. who he is and where he is he's he's totally cognizant that he's gonna possibly be the harbinger of their destruction yeah because that's literally what he was sent there to do he was like because if we've you know Uh, kind of forgotten the threat level they haven't re-mentioned it but like yeah there's they're there to like dual sort of assess their threat level and potentially, I don't know if this is a thing they're going to follow up on, but I'm pretty sure he was originally sent there to go punish the fantastic four because they had rebuffed not only the Sentry but also Ronan. And so yeah, now it was I like, think, go I down there and fuck shit up. I think that's a little bit fallen by the wayside because they, as it turns out, didn't destroy the Sentry. So now I'm not sure what their crime would be. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But no, I think, I think my favorite moment is... It's in the fourth issue, the Namor issue, where there's like this uh, this spaceship that Yon Rog, the the evil superior, like diverted back to Earth. It was full of like harmful bacteria samples, and is going to potentially like you know sort cool, of do some yeah. bioterrorism on New York City. And uh, yeah, Yon Rog is like, hey, uh, here's an order from the higher ups, direct on down to you, Captain Marvel. Uh, guess what? You need to make sure that this happens. Go make sure the germs get out and kill millions of people. And mm-hmm. he doesn't like fight against it. He's like, well, shit, I just got a direct order. So I guess I'd better go do that. Yeah, <laughs> similar. Really simil- interesting. <laughs> I did not expect that. Similar to the Watcher, he he has directives that are higher than his than his moral compass. 
And it's very interesting, mm-hmm. and, and I love it. And, and ultimately, he figures out a way to kind of trick Namor into doing what he wanted to do, which was fun. Right. Um, it's, it Namor's so just, easily trickable. I, well, it, well, he, <laughs> he, and he's it's such a funny character to trick. This character was zero chill. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and the way he's drawn, the way Gene draws this man. I know. Namor is live. Ooh. Uh, now, speaking speaking of some fun, <laughs> interesting characters and the way they're drawn, uh, the Metazoid. Um, oh, oh, we, just wanna jump, we just want to jump right into the Metazoid because that's <laughs> please, a different. Please, that's yes. a, listen, that is a different artist. Okay, it's a different kind of hump yes. too. But he is described <laughs> as having as being sticky like like dough. Sticky like raw dough. Yes. He is a he is a raw dough beast boy. <laughs> he is a hot man. He's who's... my sticky. <laughs> my sticky blue beast. <laughs> I hate him so much. Oh my god! Uh, I fucking the, love it to death. So it, it, so he is a fun. So he's a fun foil for for Marvel, who who similarly has. Um, not necessarily a moral allegiance to to the communists who created him, uh, but definitely like right. He he doesn't like violence, which was the kind of the first character we've seen in in Marvel comics take that stance, and I love it. Um, <laughs> yeah. but he is also a communist soldier, and uh, you know he's got to do his. You know he's got to serve his time. He 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 enlisted, so now it's time to you know pay the piper, so to speak, and that's a yeah. cool dynamic. And they made him a sticky doughboy. They made him a <laughs> sticky. They made him a sticky hunk with the proportional power of fitty men. I uh. <laughs> fitty men. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, it's 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 interesting. He he spends most of the issue, you know, fighting Marvel and 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 crying about it. He's just like, like doing violence and weeping. Yeah, and, and, and but something that was really cool was like you like you're about to say, and I'm sorry to cut you off. Um, yeah, internally, yeah, yeah. we get we get so much of his inner monologue. At the and at the same time as Marvel's inner monologue, mm-hmm. I don't know that we've seen that yet. Like two two characters that we don't we don't have a solid point of view on either of them. They're both no, we, they're both uh, characters whose whose brains we get a peek at, and uh, that's interesting. And they've gone, they've got a fight, and neither one of them loves yeah. to hurt the other one or is relishing it. It's cool. Yeah. I I really I really did like it as dumb as the Metazoid is. The Metazoid right? is a really dumb <laughs> character idea, but he's he's written pretty competently. <laughs> yes, yeah. Oh my god, Shane just sent us a photo of the Metazoid's face. Well, I listen, I in all of the comics, this is the only time you see his pupils and they are pointing in different directions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're they're cat pupils and they are pointing in opposite directions. Look, they're made of sticky dough. What do you want his to do? His, his sure muscles. <laughs> and I like the idea that maybe they're not. That Marvel's like, why can't I just stop touching these muscles? They, <laughs> they must be sticky. For otherwise, I would simply remove my hand from these yeah. rippling. <laughs> if they weren't sticky, the I, would, I would remove my hand. <laughs> I would stop if I could, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Actually, okay, so there was uh, I know we, the the we we talked about the Namor issue, but I just realized there was a my favorite quote from this entire week cuz I thought it was so cool is this this thing this 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 attitude we've been talking about with Captain Marvel 
uh, about him, you know, trying to follow his duty. And then and then he tries to get Namor. He tries to sort of trick Namor. And he says, Namor, listen to me. The germs will be ejected free within a short time. Let them. That your air-breathing enemies may die. And Namor goes... Die? No, I'm a prince of the blood, not a craven murderer. Yeah, I, I don't know where they added this prince of the blood business. This is uh-huh. an odd line that has shown up. Um, and they re- and they come back to it a couple times, so we can't even say it was a weird typo. <laughs> He's a prince of the blood, which I guess means <laughs> he has sound the... like a vampire. I know that's exactly what it sounds like. Not that he has some sort of blood right to Atlantis, but it, it's it sounds like Dracula's name. I'm Makes Dracula, him sound like prince a of blood, blood prince. Yeah, yeah. But no, I really liked that he sort of like got an initial read of what Namor was like. He's like, oh, Namor like hates the humans. I'll just make him attack the humans. And Namor was like, dude, you don't know me. Like, I don't want to do <laughs> I don't want to like do that. it this way. <laughs> I have what's called apathy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, we, we talked about issues four and five pretty much because issues one through three are not particularly exciting. Not really. Um, um, the art is great. Um, but it is. The, it the, is. the 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 plotting of them is is sort of not not interesting. The the first two are with the century, the battle yep. with the century. So so it's it's kind of a two comic long fight scene. So there's that. We get the super scroll where they cannot, and then super scroll and not stop talking about how he has the combined powers of the Fantastic Four. Yeah, every panel, every <laughs> panel's <laughs> like, oh yes, Mister Fantastic Power now, yes. So. There's a weird thing in the Super Scroll issue, to be fair, because we're, we are dealing with these characters who are sort of um, a little more morally complex than, we, than we've seen in Marvel so far. Yeah. And, and Super Scroll, for the most part, has been a total one-dimensional cartoon character yeah. uh, in all of his Fantastic Four stuff. And he, he remains one-dimensional and cartoonish, but we also see... Um, the Scroll King... The scroll keg. Uh, he <laughs> basically tells Super Scroll, if you fuck this mission up, your your head's on a spike. So yeah. now I don't know what to think when <laughs> when he goes to Earth and it's like Uh-huh. Is he's not he was given an order and an order at uh you know he's to, you know at, at the end of a sword. So how am yeah. I supposed to feel about him getting beaten in this moment? Exactly. Yeah. Although he kind of wins. He does kind of defeat Captain Marvel momentarily. Right. Oh my god, this is the this is the actual fucking best thing in the world. He knocks on he knocks Captain Marvel unconscious and then like wants to, you know, he because he's there to find out what, what the Kree are even up to on Earth. And yeah. he starts reading through his mind, but first he takes off his mask and is like, ew. because uh, I, I guess I guess he just thinks that the Kree look gross, even though they just kind of look like humans. So it's well, I fine. think there's a line similar to that that's like because humans look gross. In the way that bugs look gross, but he doesn't like that somebody of an equal, mm-hmm. uh, an equal technological position looks like humans. Yeah, like, oh, you, you look like dirt people. <laughs> <laughs> but, but then, but then, lest he spend too long freaking out about this, he he talks to himself and he says, "But I was not ordered to this almost forgotten segment of space to make aesthetic judgments." <laughs> oh yeah, aesthetic. <laughs> and then he turns and goes to his computer, and it's like, uh, I'm kidding. I love this. I love this weird. Super scroll. Like, super scroll was thinking about fucking him. He's like, he saw him on the mask and was like, I could hit that. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, this is not aesthetic. Mask back on, mask back on. <laughs> Ugh, I want to give him some of this super dick. <laughs> I, have, I have the combined dicks of the, all the Fantastic yes! Four. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's where I was going. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's time for Shane's segment. 
It is. It is. <clears throat> Hello, everybody. Welcome to Fuck Mary Kill, where you have one in the gun, one in the bum, and one who's the one. So for today's trifecta, um, we actually have some characters and not weird thoughts. <laughs> and not a Rorschach <laughs> <laughs> Um All right. So first off, obviously, the the first the first character you have to choose from is the Silver Surfer, but as like his normal body was oh, his name Norrin Rad. oh Norrin Rad as Norrin Rad yeah so not silver he is Norrin Rad so silver surfer Norrin Rad okay okay no Got silver it. surfer powers get that out of your brain doesn't exist in this situation okay no board no sexy board to do sort of like no. reenactments of of you know a whole new world on <laughs> yeah no whole new silver surfer world no Aladdin um <laughs> The second, <laughs> the second character is obviously Oldar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Okay. Great. <laughs> but not Oldar young, the Oracle. Not young Oldar. Old Oldar. Okay. Oh, old so, Oldar. So Jima, Jima Oldar, but also rhyming still and still okay. an Oracle. Okay. <laughs> still rhyming. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Always rhyming. Um, and then the final character is uh, the Metazoid. <laughs> Yes, yes, <laughs> with muscles like dough. Yes, because I know how badly Rory wants to fuck the medicine. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> when you're right, you're right. <laughs> I just want to sink down into his bulk. <laughs> yeah, I just want to be absorbed like a loaf of sourdough. I just want him to take take me into him like like wet dough. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. This is actually this is actually a, a strangely tough one because I don't know which it of these is a I'd tough Mary. I think the rhyming would get extremely old. The full <laughs> life of marriage. Yeah. Now uh, look, but here's here, here's the, here's the interesting point, Andy. Okay. Uh, now I know I know I know that you've been told it's old Oldar and uh, and not the hot young yeah. Oldar, but I don't see any reason she can't you know update the contract. She can she can transform at will, and I think that's on the table. Okay. Maybe only while she's rhyming. Her ultimate, her her sort of like you know, her natural state is uh, the old cave crone. But I, I think I think transforming's in it. You know, it's not off the plate. Okay. Well, how about this? How about this? How about this? So while she is old, she does not speak. But while she is young, she never ceases to talk, <laughs> oh, and she always rhymes. How about that? I like this. I'll this give is you an that. interesting wrinkle. Okay. Oh shit. Sure. Well, old old R has a lot of interesting wrinkles. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so okay. Uh, I I it's weird. It's weird because I feel like the old R that you wake up next to is the ancient old crone. Like whatever whatever you were up to at night. Uh, you know, she turned back into her constantly rhyming self, and then you go to bed to the right. to the I sounds think, of her never stopping talking. I think I've locked my picks in. Are you still thinking, Andy? I'm still thinking. You go. Okay, I think you kill Oldar. <laughs> <laughs> Look, her no hesitation. No, it, uh, her ability to transform at her will is uh, <laughs> is an arrow in her. I feel like that's a recipe for some. It's. She's got a lot of power in this dynamic that I don't know if I appreciate. Oh, you and don't she's want gonna, her to prank you in the bedroom? I don't want her to prank me with switching back to old real quick and starting to <laughs> scream rhymes. I think that's, I think that we can just kill Oldar and move on. Okay. Um, All right, what else? Would, what, what are you thinking? So I fuck Norrin Rad because he seems like marriage potential, 
Uh, I'll give you. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, Shane said I don't even get to know that he becomes the Silver Surfer, so that's tricky because knowing that I'm not fucking the Silver Surfer is fine once, but I think would harbor resentment mm-hmm. in a in a long term mm-hmm. in a long term relationship. <laughs> it's like why won't you just be why aren't Silver you Surfer? <laughs> why can't you just be Silver? Ah, the Silvery Substance. I'm tired of you not surfing. I'm tired of you not surfing. <laughs> I think I think Noren Rand, like Namor, has very little chill. And I think yeah. that would become tiresome. And uh, I would spend the rest of my life happily with the Metazoid. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I think I think only I may regret this after the fact, right? Like when I find out how good it was and I'm like, oh no, I made the choice to only fuck Metazoid. I want this every day. No. And then we're torn apart by the forces of fuck, Mary kill. Uh, but I think I only fuck the Metazoid. My I don't want to marry Mary kill him. gavel. I, <laughs> I'm sorry. You chose fuck. Now move along. <laughs> we leave room for, leave room for Shane. Uh, I don't know what you're going to choose. I, I, so I fuck Metazoid. Mary is a really tough call, but I think I'm going to marry Norrin Rad. I think okay. I'm going to marry Norrin Rad. And and like like Rory, I will kill Olda. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think Rory and I have the same... Um, oh, the same I, thought, I thought you were warmer to her rhyming schemes than, than, than me and Andy. I thought she might, oh, I thought she might no, rank no. a little higher. <laughs> Absolutely not. I, I would... I feel like I would abuse it too much and I would just use it to annoy people. <laughs> to go talk to my wife. She's awesome. I promise. Yeah, for real. I would like take I would take her to parties and then just walk away. <laughs> so wait a minute, you kill Oldar, you marry the Metazoid and you fuck <laughs> Of course Norman. you marry the Metazoid. Yeah, of course you marry the Metazoid, Andy. Like what are you even talking about? I might get. I might yearn for the feel of a solid body. <laughs> but you can throw him against the know. wall and watch him roll down it slowly. <laughs> you, you, can, you can put him on newspaper and the print comes up. <laughs> and if you boil him for eight to eight to nine minutes, he firms up <laughs> like a dumpling. Make a nice little meta dumpling. <laughs> yeah, a little meta dumpling. <laughs> you need you can like knead different ingredients into them and make a different metazoid yeah, every week. <laughs> oh man. Baby needs his yeast. Oh, oh, oh no. No. End the podcast. <laughs> Alright, well you heard it here first. This has been issue uh, 13 of the Infinite Backlog. Baby needs his yeast. Bye. <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye.